it's good to be able to talk about a little bit of sports again. And it's good to be back. Welcome to the 444 Podcast, where you gotta catch it like, like a drop pass. You know Dom is hitting all of the topics, ranging from the flyers to the process. You know it's heavy sixers in my city, from Embiid to Simmons, you know we keep it gritty. And the Phillies is ringing the bell, the skipper got this team ready to sell. No national love for Harper, right? I would have signed Bryce twice, the price was right, uh. Went to earth, such a connection. Turnover on downs, Malcolm Jenkins in a session. We back to being the beast from the east. Turn the volume up and let Dom speak. You know, with the world in so much disarray and things so crazy in the country right now and in the world, it's good to be able to talk about a little bit of sports again. And it's good to be back. So um, welcome back, everybody. And if you're listening, thank you for welcoming me back. This is Dom Lewis here with the Philly Sports 444 podcast. And I appreciate you guys. Um First of all, to all of you that have been, uh, whatever you've been dealing with during this pandemic, whether you've been laid off from your job, whether you've dealt with a death or deaths, plural, um, financial hardship, whatever it may be, just know that, uh, one, I'm praying for you and your strength during this time, whatever it may be. I don't even, even if I don't know you personally, I am still praying for you. Because I'm praying for all of us as a whole uh, in the world and um, as a country, as a family, um, as a sports community, whatever it may be. So let me first get that out the way. And um, second thing I want to say is thank you, because um, if you are still here and you're still listening, uh, thank you for still supporting and thank you for still enduring during this time, Uh, not just me, but as everything with everything as a whole, because we don't have sports. We don't have, um, life as we know it right now. Uh, We're in a quote unquote quarantine and, um, dealing with social distancing. And the last podcast I recorded was on the coronavirus. And since I recorded that last podcast, I think there has been 50,000 deaths in the United States in regards to the coronavirus And I think it's close to like 900,000 cases right now. So um, if you have dealt with this in some type of way, which I I would almost assume that you have. uh, I'm praying for you and thank you for enduring. That's that's my first thing I want to say. First and second thing I want to say. But I got some things to talk about today. So I'm glad that you're with me. And I'm going to try to do something a little different today or a little different with recording this podcast. It's currently uh, 8.45 in the morning on Sunday, April the 26th. So uh, a lot has happened in the last week. And the way I want to do this now, 
I'm actually going to divide this podcast into three separate podcasts. Um, or I'm going to, I'm going to, this is the first, I should say, of three podcasts I plan to record. Um, because since last Sunday, we had the, um, the last since the last dance documentary on uh, Michael Jordan in the 97, 98 Chicago Bulls. We had the NFL draft and parts three and four of the last dance uh, are premiering tonight on uh, ESPN at nine o'clock. So I'm actually going to divide this up into three. This is the first of three podcasts. Uh, this particular one is going to be on the last dance. I'm going to record another podcast a little bit later. Um, on the NFL draft and uh, how the Eagles did and how I feel other teams did in the draft this uh, year. Because I think it was a pretty interesting draft over the, the weekend. But like I said, that, that'll be a separate podcast. And then I'm going to do my reactions to parts three and four of The Last Dance uh, either tonight or Monday morning. All right. So this will be the first of three um, podcasts. And I'm glad to just be back recording because uh, to be quite honest with you, I've lacked, um, I have lacked inspiration to even record. I feel like the coronavirus and, and this pandemic that has been going on has taken, not taken the love from me, but, uh, it has kind of put a stranglehold on my creative ability to even record because I felt like one, there, there's not much to talk about except the coronavirus, but, um, you know, I, I just couldn't, re- I couldn't record any podcasts leading up to the draft, um, or, you know, to try to pull some topics out of thin air, because that's not what people want to hear. I feel, and I'm all about the reason I recorded, or I started this podcast is because I felt like this was a voice for people who really wanted to hear real sports talk, um, and real opinions and, and, and not, overblown fandom and to just give you a concise opinion about what I see in sports that I felt like people could relate to this how this is why I started this podcast and I felt like I couldn't bore people with uh talks about leading up to the I know people wanted to hear about you know talk about the draft but I couldn't just I couldn't do three and four different podcasts on the possibilities of people uh, that Eagles could draft um, in the NFL draft this past year, uh, or that that just passed over the weekend, I should say, because I felt like um, I'm not I'm not in the business of trying to bore people to death, and I felt like that's what that talk was doing to me at least. Um, I, I really didn't listen to any draft talk probably until a day or two days up until the draft. Um, you know, I would read different things, but. I really wasn't pressed to even, um, even, you know, pursue like mock drafts or anything like that, because I felt like, um, with, you know, there not being any sports and that being like the only thing we could claim on, like, you know, kind of grip on to, I felt like, um, it was so there, there would be, it would get dry after, after a while. Like it would get, you would get tiresome of hearing about it. And I just wasn't in the business of doing that. So, um, I didn't do any kind of mock drafts or any kind of, uh, I did, I did do like some, some pre-draft talk on, on, on a two one five sports show that we do me and, and me, me and earn. Um, but I, I just, uh, I just wasn't in the business of doing a podcast. Um, 
I had thought about it, but I just wasn't in the business of doing podcasts on like mock drafts and you know the possibility of Eagles who they could draft because I feel like the draft is an inexact science. But um, like I said, that'll be a different podcast. I don't want to harp on that too much, but that'll be a different podcast. Cause I, I really, I'm recording this podcast this morning because I want to talk about um, the Last Dance parts one and two that premiered last week on ESPN, and I, you know, I think people really, really enjoyed it. I think. ESPN did like a 6.1 or some type of outrageous number that they had the most viewers that they had in a while. And it was, it was, it's great to see that because, uh, we don't have much sports to talk about today. And as soon as this stuff happened with, you know, all the sports leagues shutting down, uh, I know a lot of people, including myself, you know, tweeted to ESPN and, you know, reached or, you know, try to get the attention of ESPN on social media in regards to them releasing the last dance documentary. And they did that. They did that. And I, I commend them for doing that. And they have been doing it. And uh, they've been giving us two parts. Uh, they'll be giving us two parts up until the, the, you know, the, uh, the last episode of this documentary. So they'll be giving us two parts every Sunday. And I think that's, that's good as well, because uh, it leaves, it gives us something to, to watch uh, as sports fans. And, it gives us something to clam on to, and it gives us something to talk about. And it's something that, although it happened in the past, it's something that generates conversation, genuine conversation. And I think that's the biggest thing uh, that I take away from just watching this. Because as a podcast host and producer, I feel like um, sometimes, uh, especially being in Philadelphia, a lot of times we can take a topic and we can we can wring that topic out and what i mean by that is talk about that topic in so many different ways to the point where uh it'll drive uh i'll say a casual fan but even um a diehard fan that's just uh not as passionate about that topic it'll drive them away and i think where we should be in the business of although we can't get everybody to listen i feel like we should be in the business of creating great topics and great sports talk. And it's hard in this, in this time. So I think the, the last dance documentary has given us that it's given us something to talk about. And all, like I said, it happened in the past. It happened over 20 years ago, but the fact that um, we're seeing this so in depth of, from this season and let's, let's face it. Like we didn't have social media in 1997 and 1998 in 1997. I was 10 years old. So I didn't even understand the dynamics of a front office and the dynamics of the inner workings of a team and the drama that they all face. And they weren't covered as well as they're covered today uh, in regards to like having social media and so many reporters reporting on certain things um, and people just clamoring for news and clamoring for drama and clamoring for uh, the inner workings of a team and all the stuff that's behind the curtain. We didn't have that in 1997. So seeing this documentary, uh, I think, uh, seeing it today, I should say, um, it, it's good to see because it gives us something to talk about and it gives us, you know, pulls back that curtain and we can dissect this in so many different ways. And I think it's an actual interesting topic to talk about. Um, and it premiered last week, um, last Sunday, and I feel like it just took off running. The first thing that I, I jotted down, I, it was so good to me. I watched it three times. I'm probably going to watch it again, actually, before parts three and four premiere tonight. But 
it was so good to me that I actually had to watch it a third time and I actually started taking notes on everything I thought that was worthy of talking about. And I, I probably missed a few points, but I think that um, they took off running in this documentary, part one. And the first thing I think that everyone noticed was uh, the GM of the Bulls at that time, Jerry Krause. Now, Jerry Krause is deceased. So I just want to put that out there first. And I am not in the business of disrespecting the dead. I'm not. And there's no but coming. But I, I'm not in the business of disrespecting the dead. However, I will. I can. I feel like we can criticize the job someone has done or someone did. Um, whether they're alive or dead. We can criticize the job they did. Or we can criticize that person in that position uh, when uh, they were alive. Or even if they're still alive um, and they no longer, no longer hold a position. Whether they got fired or whatever it may be. We can criticize the job that they did. So I feel like that is, this is no disrespect to the person, Jerry Krause. Rather, him as a GM. And now granted, this documentary may be biased. It may be slanted somehow because... Uh, from what I understand, Michael Jordan had a big hand in this even being uh, put together. But with that being said, Jerry Krause is, I would say, 85% responsible for the demise of the dynasty known as the Chicago Bulls. I would say 85%. And maybe I'm lowballing it, but I think it's fair to say 85% of the reason that dynasty was even broken up was because of Jay Krause. And if you watch the documentary, you can see like they mentioned Jay Krause uh, in the sense of him having this complex of being the little guy. They mentioned him in, in, in the sense of him trying to outsmart himself um, so much that he was going to break up this team three or four years before the team was even broken up. And, Pardon me. Uh, I don't understand how you would even consider breaking up any team led by Michael Jordan in its prime. I don't think I understand that, and I'm still trying to understand that. I recorded a, a reaction pod, uh, react, yeah, a reaction podcast with Earn on Two and Five Sports, and you know, when you react to something immediately after it's over, um, you know, the reaction is kind of raw. Like, I don't have time to think about it. I didn't have time to think about it. I just went off of what I saw. And a lot of bad things came to mind in regards to Jerry Krause personally. But like I said, I don't know the man personally. I didn't know him personally. But what I can say is he's responsible for building the Chicago Bulls into a dynasty. And he's also responsible for tearing it down. Because this man single-handedly wanted to he wanted to get rid of Jordan. He wanted to get rid of Pippen. He wanted to get rid of Phil. Those are the top three cogs in the dynasty known as the Chicago Bulls. He wanted to get rid of all three of them three years before he even got rid of them. So, and my thing is, why? For what? And what we can see in the documentary is that he wanted to be responsible, quote-unquote, for uh, the winning that was done by the Chicago Bulls. 
he felt like he had he should be the one getting the recognition, the power, um, and all the fame and glory from it. And by seeing that, you you understand that he has a complex because he's not Michael Jordan, he's not Scotty, he's not Phil, he's not being paid like Michael, he's not being paid by like Scotty, he's not. And Scotty, he wasn't even being paid that much. So, um, but I'm I digress. And he's not being paid like Phil. And the sad thing was, you get rid of. So Michael Jordan comes out and says, "I'm I shouldn't I shouldn't have to choose who uh, to play for another coach besides Phil Jackson. We're winning. I don't understand why I would want to play for another coach." But you you hear what Michael says, and you te- you you kind of poke the bear anyway. That's I'll say I'll say that you poke the bear anyway. So you hear what he says, you poke the bear, because if it weren't for the owner, the other Jerry, <laughs> if it weren't for the owner, Phil wouldn't even have been back for the ninety seven ninety eight season. They hammered it out. Phil came back for the last year of, you know, he was back on a one-year contract. And Krause let that known, let that be known that this is Phil's last year here. And I don't understand how you would want to break up something that works so well. Um, I get the point where you would try to break it up because um, you want to make sure you get a, a jump on those guys breaking down. But come on, man, this is Michael Jordan. We're talking about any team led by Michael Jordan. Like I'm not saying that Michael Jordan should pick his team. I'm not saying that. And he probably did for the most part, but like, I'm not saying Michael Jordan should pick his team or pick his teammates or pick his coach. But I am saying when you have the best player in the entire world, not just the league, but you have the best player in the entire world, you should probably listen to them in regards to uh, what you're going to do with your team. You should probably listen to uh, the direction you want to go in, or you should probably include them in the direction you want to go in. So, my issue with Jerry Krause is, okay, you want to break up the team, fine. You need to be discussing this not only with the owner, but you need to loop in your best player. Not only is your is he your best player, but he's the best player in the world. And people see that now, and people criticize LeBron James a lot because they feel like LeBron plays GM with his teams. And to an extent, I get that. To an extent, I get why people criticize him so much. I do. Not even to an extent. I understand why people criticize him so much. However, I think people should understand that he is the best, or for a time period, he was the best player in the world. And he's still top five easily, even in year 17. Why shouldn't he have a say in uh, who coaches him and the players that he's going to play with? Because ultimately, he's trying to win a championship for your franchise. So, because Jerry Krause couldn't, quote-unquote, get out of his own way and was so prideful, he broke up the Chicago Bulls dynasty. 
And the fact that he didn't include Michael Jordan in it lets you know the kind of person that he was. Um, and honestly, the owner of the Chicago Bulls shouldn't allow this to happen. He shouldn't have allowed. I understand that Jerry was running the, you know, he was the GM and ultimately running the day to day for the Chicago Bulls. But as the owner, you need to step in here and understand like our ultimate goal is winning. And I'm not willing to throw winning away to appease you, your, your pride or your ego. And I think that is the biggest problem that I took with Jerry Krause, his ego, his ego. Like I could talk about the man like to no end, but I feel like that right there is enough, is enough to kind of give you a glimpse of not even a glimpse, but to kind of encase my problem with Jerry Krause and the job he did as a GM. His pride, his ego. And it, it, it destroyed it destroyed a dynasty. And I don't understand why someone would want to do that other than their pride and ego. And you got to hold the owner accountable. You got to hold the owner accountable for that because for him to allow the GM to do that, although the GM has a job to do, as the owner, you need to step in. Now, sometimes that can hurt you. Well, see, let me rephrase. Let me go back. As an owner, you need to step in and and stop someone from destroying your franchise. And we've seen it. We've seen it, you know, with other teams and other leagues. Like, for instance, the Eagles. When Jeffrey Lurie took the power from Howie Roseman and gave it to Chip Kelly. And we saw what Chip Kelly did with the franchise in two years. He destroyed it. Not even just the team, but the organization, the way things were run in the building. He destroyed it. He took everything that was good with the Eagles. And he, I'm not going to say everything, but he made a lot of bad things uh, come out of that organization. And for that, what did Jeffrey do? Jeffrey fired him. He hired Howie Roseman again. He rehired him and reinstated him back to power and hired it and and went on a and put a committee together to hire Doug Peterson. That's the short of it. And then you see another team like the Dallas Cowboys, because they don't have a, a balance of power, because the owner and the GM and the president are all the same person, you see someone who can't even I'm not gonna say win, because that's not what I want to say. But like you see the difference in Uh, having success versus not having success. They had a moderate level of success, but they haven't been able to achieve the ultimate goal because one person is making all the decisions. There has to be a balance of power here. And I get that they want the owner wanted to let Jerry have, you know, have power and, and be able to run the day to day. But as the owner, at some point it's a balance of power It's it's checks and balances. So you have to step in and you have to make a decision is this was best for the franchise, for the for the organization of the Chicago Bulls. And I felt like that was just piss poor, um, not only piss poor management, but piss poor ownership at that time. So that's why I say Jerry Krause is responsible for 85% of what happened with Chicago Bulls. But then, so you see this intro to Jerry Krause and the Chicago Bulls, and then you see uh, the documentary starts with them actually being in France, uh, before the season of before the ninety seven ninety eight season, they won some 
some championship that's over there, which is cool. But I think the the reason I talked about this, or I wanted to talk about this, is because you see at this point the NBA is becoming global, and it's I tip my hat to to to, Dave, to David Stern, who was the commissioner before Adam Silver. Uh, I tip my hat to him because he was a part of the, the the driving force to make this to make the league global. You see here um, that they do this exhibition and they win this championship there. Uh, and then Michael Jordan is the biggest star on, on the planet in regards to basketball. Um, so, so them doing this was uh, all part of making the game global. And I, I respect that. And then, so you see that happening. This is before the 97-98 season. Uh, and then they come back to the States. Scottie Pippen has surgery. Now, Scotty was hurt during the Eastern Conference Finals of the previous season. They go on and win the championship. Awesome. Um, Scotty doesn't have surgery over the summer. And you find out in part two, Scotty said, I'm not going to, quote unquote, expletive my summer up. So he decided to have surgery and repair it or and rehab during the season because Jerry Krause, Jerry Reinsdorf, they weren't going to pay Scottie Pippen. And that was a problem. And I think today you would see something like that and you would say, you know, the star the star of the team, I uh, a la Michael Jordan, should go to bat for his boy. And I don't I don't know, I can't say Michael Jordan was being selfish at, at, at that time. I can't say that. But I do think that the stars of the team and stars of the league hold more power than um, even us as fans care to even know. Um, and I think he could have went to, to ownership for his boy, could have went to bat for his boy. And I think that that would have, um, I think that would have, um, even they, you know, didn't work it out. Um, and this guy was going to be going anyway. He could at least went to bat for his boy. And I feel like he didn't do that. And I think Mike dropped the ball on that. I do. But who's to say? I mean, the league was, you know, different in 1997 versus how it is in 2020. So maybe that's not the way they would have done things in 1997, to be fair. You know, just to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think that Mike could have went to bat for his boy. Mike could have said something. So, um... You see that um, that's actually the story of the entire part two of the documentary where um, it goes through, it goes through Scotty, you know, during his high school career is, you know, gives him, gives you background. It gives you, um, you know, some in-depth, a look, in-depth look at Scotty Pippen. And it talks about um, him in college, you know, his family life. And it even gives you a glimpse of why he may have taken that deal in the first place. Uh, and if you don't know by now, the deal was seven years, $18 million. Now, like I said, the league was quite different in 1997. And the league was different even when Scotty took that deal in the first place. And, to be fair, like I said, Scotty was poor. Scotty came from, you know, like, like his brother said on there. He said, we didn't even know we were poor. We just had fun playing basketball in his grandma's yard. They didn't even understand, even know that they were poor. But Scotty was poor. He was poor. He had to be the primary breadwinner. And I and I, I, I really, really credit 
Um, there was a tweet about it. I think Jamel Hill either tweeted it or she retweeted it. But we didn't understand. Um, and I understand now, of course, um, Scotty having to be the breadwinner at such a young age for his entire family who were dirt poor. He had never seen $18 million before. So to be fair, I understand why he would take that deal. However, the league did change in 1995. The caps went up, or they, they, they installed the salary cap. Uh, the league salaries went up. And yeah, I think ownership should took care of their boys. So I, I really do. It comes back to Jerry Krause, and it comes back to ownership, how they didn't take care of Scottie Pippen. And they knew he wanted to be taken care of, and they refused to do it anyway. And that's not how you treat the second best player on your team and one of the top, what, 10 players in the league at that time. That's not how you treat him. You treat him. So we got Phil Jackson. This is going to be his guarantee last year. You got Scottie Pippen who's not going to be, his contract is not going to be extended or renewed or restructured in any way. And you got Michael Jordan saying that uh, I'm not playing for other team, no other coach other than Phil Jackson. And I'm not choosing no other coach. So, this team, this was going to be the end. And you see it at the beginning of this or documentary. Um, I think after the, the trip to France, they had the, they had the meeting uh, in their facility. And Phil entitles the season, The Last Dance. That's where the term comes from, The Last Dance. And basically, it was kind of their last hurrah for the entire team. They knew that this would be it. They knew that there was likely going to not be any more Michael Jordan. No more Phil Jackson, definitely. No more Scottie Pippen, definitely. This was the last dance indeed. And it kind of leaves off there because um, this is the beginning of the season. Scottie's rehabbing and Scottie's berating Jerry Krause because they're not taking care of him. And Chicago Bulls aren't really winning at the pace that you would want them to win. They're not really um dominating teams coming off of a championship coming off his international trip coming off of a lot of stuff during the offseason so they're, they're taking some time to to really get into it but it, the, the documentary leaves off um you know a problem between ownership and scotty pippen and who's going to take up the reins with scotty pippen being gone that's where it leaves off that's where part two leaves off so parts three and four premiere tonight um and it, it should be interesting to see. Um, I really hope that they go into, um, I, from what we can see, it looks like this this part, part three, is going to be about um, Dennis Rodman and his his contribution to the team uh, during that entire year. I really hope they go into, like, you know, I mean, I saw the 30 for 30 on Rodman. That was really good. But I hope they go into, you know, the life behind Dennis Rodman, like, as far as, how he was during that entire season, you know, the partying and all that. So I hope they go into that. I hope they go into, you know, the in-depth gambling. I mean, they went into, you know, Michael Jordan and him berating his teammates a little bit as far as like, cussing them out and stuff. I, I hope they continue to go into that, though, because I don't have a problem with Michael Jordan cussing out his teammates. I really don't. Like, you know, it's Michael Jordan, and he cusses, and he's going to cuss out his teammates. He's a competitor, and they go into that uh, a little bit in part one as far as the kind of competitor he is. Um, and where they go into that and actually in parts one and two, because they talk about his competitive spirit and 
they actually go into it in part two a little bit more as far as how where that came from as far as um I keep saying as far as but they go into that uh due to the competitions with his brothers back in the day um and him getting cut you know at, from the varsity squad quote unquote varsity squad of his high school team in tenth grade and how he you know just worked and worked and worked all summer long and then when he came back a junior year he just was one of the best players in the state. And <laughs> it's so funny how they frame this. Uh, I'm trying to think who I talked to, but they frame this thing like, you know, he got cut from the varsity team in 10th grade. Mike did play JV in 10th grade. Like, it's not like he didn't play basketball at all. He just got cut from varsity. But, <laughs> you know, I digress. But they go into that. They go into... um in part one, you actually go into the 1984 draft, um, how the Bulls even chose Michael, how they actually got a chance to even draft Michael Jordan. Um, they were third in the draft that year, of course. Uh, number one pick overall was Akeem Olajuwon, and then everyone knows who number two is because basically the Blazers didn't choose Michael Jordan, they chose Sam Bowie. That's the only reason people know, or not the only reason, but um, general fans know who Sam Bowie is because they only know that because the Blazers didn't choose Michael Jordan. So they draft Michael Jordan at number three overall. And I actually thought it was interesting to see how, you know, he was a really, you know, he one of the top college players in the league. I mean, top college players in the country. Um, but his popularity actually shot up after that 84 Olympics. I thought that was interesting to see because I didn't know that, that he actually became even better over that summer. I didn't even know that. And to be, you know, he won the gold medal. They won the gold medal in 84, which I actually, I don't think I, I think I did know that, but, um, that was a little bit of a, uh, kind of an underlying, you know, storyline, I guess you could say to, to the Michael Jordan legend. So I thought that was pretty, pretty cool to see. I'm looking forward to parts three and parts four tonight. Um, like I said, I hope they get into a little bit more of the backstory of Rodman. I hope they get into um, a lot of the. I hope they get into more of the uh, the off off the court stuff in regards to uh, you know they're not they probably not gonna get too much into the Michael Jordan gambling stuff you know because Michael Jordan did kind of sign off on this thing but I just hope they get into a, a lot of the uh, the Rodman stuff like they did in the thirty for thirty and I hope they get into. Um, I hope they get in. I hope they talk about it a little bit in depth in regards to Scotty coming back, you know, in the middle of that season, and how they all pulled it together. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'm thankful that it's on, you know, during this time. I'm thankful that we have something to talk about. So, um, parts three and parts four, Sunday night, nine o'clock. Um, I'll probably be watching it, watching the initial premiere, then the uh, the replay of it. And I'll probably watch it again um, just to make sure I have everything that I need to have in order for uh, me to record the next pod. So um, I think that's all I have on, on, on parts one and two. Like I said, I think it's a great, great piece of work done uh, by ESPN. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to part. I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Honestly, they could have gave me all 10 of them last week. I would have stayed up all night and I would have watched them. I really would have, and I would have watched them again, and I would have watched them again before I even recorded this, so, um, I'm looking forward to parts three and four tonight, all right, so, like I said, 
this is actually um, the first uh, the first podcast of three podcasts I'm planning to record in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. And I'm thankful to even be back behind the mic. So I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for uh, supporting. And if you haven't followed me already on um, social media, please follow me. It's at four for four podcast F O U R F O R the number four podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and anchor. We are powered by anchor. We do appreciate you guys for um, your support and your patronage. And um, I'm looking forward to actually trying to record a little bit more as we get more content. I will say, um, I will say that I definitely will be recording a podcast on all of these um, parts of the Last Dance documentary. I will say that. So I will be publishing something, something every week for the next few weeks. I don't know what's going to come after that. I really don't know. But uh, I am thankful to at least record this this morning. And I am looking forward to the Last Dance documentary. And I'm also looking forward to... uh, giving a little bit of a breakdown on uh, the Eagles draft. All right. So you guys stay tuned for that. Please, please, please follow us, subscribe to the podcast. And please, please, please. This is the most important part. Please share it. It's free. I'm not charging anybody to listen. I just want people to listen. I just want the clicks. I just want people to listen. And if you disagree with me, I welcome the disagreement. We can have a, a civilized discussion on social media. We can have it via email. We can have it via group chat. If you're not in the 404 podcast group chat, let me know if you want to be in it. I will add you to it. Um, But I welcome the discourse. I really do. I'm here for it. All right. I'm here for it. And if you like the podcast and you want to compliment us, I welcome that too. And I appreciate that too. All right. So that's all I have for today. I am signing off now. I think what we learned last week is that Michael Jordan was super, super, super competitive. Jerry Krause is a weasel of a GM or was a weasel of a GM. And I'm not going to let ownership off the hook. Because they are not blameless in that situation of destroying one of the greatest dynasties that we ever witnessed. They're not blameless. And we don't know if the Chicago Bulls would have won eight straight championships if, you know, Michael Jordan doesn't retire. And we don't know. We don't know. But what I will say is that Michael Jordan is super, duper competitive. Um, Jerry Krause was a weasel of a GM and ownership should not be let off the hook for destroying one of the greatest dynasties that we ever witnessed. All right. That's all I have for today. I look forward to hearing you all, uh, and you being with me, uh, listening to my next podcast, my next episode of the podcast. So until next time, peace.